Good evening and welcome back to another live edition of the Transfer Update Show brought to you by the Chronicles of Aguna in which we go through uh, the press, through the media and we find uh, some of the biggest transfer stories relating to Arsenal Football Club. We're going to take you through all of those and discuss the friendly victory over MK Dons last night. Um, Stay tuned. Hello, good evening and welcome back to another live edition of the podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, as I said, we're going to be looking back at the victory over MK Dons, uh, a friendly that took place uh, obviously behind closed doors, as all football is at the moment, Um, and a chance for us to have a quick look at Arsenal ahead of this weekend's Community Shield season curtain raiser, as they call it, against Liverpool. Um, We're going to talk about the team. We're going to talk about a few individual performances. And then we're going to move on to some of the transfer stories that are involving Arsenal Football Club and that are gathering pace today. Um, It's not been a great day for me today, personally. Um, Started the day in the worst possible fashion by leaving my glasses in a place where my one-year-old could get to them. And this was the end result. So, yeah. Um, need to get that sorted ASAP. Um, <laughs> not a great start to the day, but it's been a, a pretty decent day seeing the subscriber count on the channel continue to grow. And at the time of me starting this stream, we were just five subscribers away from hitting 6,000, um, just a matter of days after reaching 5,000. So thank you so, so much for your recent support. Thank you to those of you who were gathered in the live chat before we even went live um, and who have already hit the like button. If you haven't, please do so. Um, I will probably prompt you two or three times during this stream. Um but as I've said previously, likes are the golden currency in particular on YouTube, and we've seen the benefits of it. So if I do sound like I'm going on about it, I do apologize, but it is really, really important. A big hello to everyone who's watching us live on Twitter at the moment via Periscope, and to those of you who are tuned in via Facebook. Um, right, let's begin by talking about the uh, the friendly victory over the MK Dons last night. Arsenal, of course, Travelled to the MK Stadium, I believe that's what it's called, uh, up in Milton Keynes to take on uh, the MK Dons. And it finished 4-1 to the Arsenal. Goals from Mohamed Neni, Eddie Nketiah, Mark McGuinness and uh, Reese Nelson from the spot. And of course, MK Dons' goal was an own goal from Rob Holding. Um, what did we learn from the friendly last night? It's always really, really difficult uh, to gauge much, I always find, um, from these type of fixtures because... You know, you're looking at an understrength side. You're looking at a side who, in terms of their fitness levels, aren't going to be quite where they need to be. Um, I would argue that although, uh, you know, we're this was our first friendly, given the way things have panned out and the fact that there's such little time between the ending of the 2019 and 2020 campaign going into this one, um, that the fitness levels shouldn't have dropped as much as maybe they would have done in previous years. Um, so that is a, that is a positive, but of course, in these games, they're always riddled by changes, by substitutions, by entire 11s almost being changed at once. And so it's very hard to get any sort of understanding about the, the setup of the team, what it might be going into competitive fixtures, the, um, you know, the, the, the levels of certain players. I always just find it as a bit of a, a fitness exercise and, and, and simply nothing more than that. How many times in previous years have we been excited by somebody's performance in preseason, for example, and then they've not been able to deliver in competitive matches when it mattered. So I am cautious about that. Um, I am sort of wary of getting ahead of ourselves on the displays of certain players. And one of the players who came back into the side, having been out on loan for the entirety of last season, was Mohamed Elneny. Of course, he spent uh, the last campaign out on loan at Besiktas in Istanbul. Um, and he's back now. And given the Arsenal look as though uh, they may be uh, unable to bring Danny Ceballos back, that Lucas Torreira could be off this summer, and that Matteo Genduzzi appears to be frozen out. It's been an interesting question over the last 24 hours.
with regard and establish himself maybe um, as someone who can play a role for Mikel Arteta's side moving forward. I don't know. Um, that remains to be seen obviously myself um here we go i think we're back i think we're back online so apologies um if you saw that drop off um not really sure what I'm there uh, but as i as i was saying is mohammed on any somebody who can have a future at arsenal somebody who can come into the side and plug holes where necessary perhaps be a squad player moving forward i don't know um I, I really don't know. I'm not going to read into his performance too much, um, but I was surprised to see him start the game. I was also surprised to see Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, given a game as well, given he's been so heavily linked with a move away from the club. We'd heard that Wolves were in the process of signing him for around about uh, £20 million, pounds, and that all of us thought that that deal was going through, and therefore I think that's why we were all shocked to see him in the starting eleven. But it appears... Uh, that that bid, the initial Wolves bid, which was around about 15 million, we're being led to believe, um, has been rejected by the club. Arsenal have turned it down. Uh, and so, you know, with that in mind, that's probably why Anthony Maitland-Niles featured against Wolverhampton Wanderers. At the moment, the two clubs are around about uh, 5 million apart in terms of their valuations. Um, Wolves have offered uh, 15 Arsenal want 20 that's what we're being told just a quick apology to those of you if your stream dropped off temporarily it is the internet at my end um, which is fucking annoying when you pay for what's supposed to be um, the highest speed on offer um, you know to, to make sure that these things don't happen and then they bloody happen uh, but it looks as though we're all back up and running just let me know um, if it's all working okay for you guys at your end at the moment um, so uh, I can uh, keep an eye on that as well. Uh, so give us a thumbs up in the comments uh, if the stream is back up and running for you. As far as I can see, lots of you are still tuned in. So I'm assuming you haven't uh, turned off and got fed up yet. Um, so, yeah, apologies for that. Let's move on. Um, let's talk about some of the, the, the other aspects of the friendly. You know, we talk about a, a load of players, don't we? We talk about sort of uh, Aubameyang playing in that game. And of course, some people have shared images today of Aubameyang being filmed at the Emirates Stadium whilst they were taking the tour, which suggests that perhaps a contract announcement is just around the corner. We've been talking about that for uh, maybe a couple of weeks now that we feel like it's done and we're just waiting for that official confirmation, that official announcement. So fingers crossed we get that sooner rather than later. Um, but it, my understanding is that it is imminent. So, yeah, I mean, going back to the friendly just before I wrap up on that and we, we talk about what we're actually here to talk about, which is transfer stories. Um, I, you know, I, I don't always read into these friendlies too much. I don't take them too seriously. And quite frankly, I find them fucking awful to watch. I've got to be honest. Um, it's the pace of the game is so slow. And yes, you see glimpses, you see flashes, you see moments. Um, and we saw... In particular, a really, really good moment when uh, Bukayo Saka cut the ball back for Eddie Nketiah. I really enjoyed that goal. Um, but it is just a friendly and it is, you know, something that you shouldn't read into too much. I honestly believe that. But look, it's a fitness exercise. We're going into Saturday's game um, against Liverpool, which is going to be a, a big one, no doubt. I know it's... Um, it is, a, it is a glorified friendly in many ways, but it kind of sets the tone for the season, doesn't it? And if having beaten Liverpool towards the back end of the season, if Arsenal could put in another impressive performance against um, Jurgen Klopp's side, that would be another huge, huge confidence boost um, in sort of Arsenal's favour as we prepare for the new Premier League campaign. Do expect Arsenal to probably squeeze in another friendly between now and then. But of course, given the current circumstances in that everything is up in the air um, and has been up in the air for months now. We don't know 
who that would be against. And we don't know uh, of any scheduled games just yet, but stay patient on that. I'm sure Arsenal will do some similar things uh, and, and arrange sort of behind closed doors friendlies. I know when I say behind closed doors, I mean, as in they're not, massively publicized before though they're, they're literally i mean we heard about this one just a, what a day ago um and there it was so yeah i do think arsenal will be working in the background to squeeze a couple more in between now and the start of the premier league campaign right let's talk about transfers and as i mentioned ainsley maitland niles has been the subject of a 15 million pound bid from Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's understood Nuno Espirito Santo's side have tabled an official offer for the Arsenal man, but Arsenal have rejected it. Arsenal wants something closer to 20 million pounds. That is what we're being told. That is what is being reported. It's been reported by a number of reputable um sources i.e. david ornstein of the athletic i.e. sky sports etc etc so it feels very much like um you know that that is a genuine interest from wolves now we've been talking about it for a few days but finally a bid has been tabled and arsenal have deemed that bid um too low and it's an interesting question isn't it and i'm going to put it to you guys and let me know in the comments what you think what is the right amount that arsenal should be demanding for somebody like Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I've been thinking about this today. We had a piece go out on the chroniclesafc.com by one of our new writers, Luke. So do check that out. Head over to the website uh, for some written content as well. Um, And and you'll find that piece there. He says that Ainsley Maitland-Niles is probably worth closer to 35 million. And he uses... Um, you know, the fact, well, he cites the fact that he is a very versatile player, that he is somebody who can plug holes in various parts of the team. And he also talks about the prices paid for the likes of Aaron Wan-Bissaka, for the likes of Alex Iwobi, etc., etc., and uses that as justification. For me, it's more around the £25 million mark, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that £20 is not robbery if we were to sell him for 20 million i wouldn't be disappointed in that um in terms of the fee but 25 feels like a a better starting point for me from an arsenal perspective perhaps we could get 20 million plus add-ons that would lead up to 5 million or something like that but i'd like to see arsenal in an ideal world get something close to 25 million pounds for ainsley maitland niles now the reason i i don't have him up in that level of a 30, 35 million pound player is because I don't think he's ever established himself um, as a, as a regular in any one position without it being due to injury, without it being due to the circumstance. He's blown hot and cold at times. There have been major question marks about his attitude um, and about his desire to do a job for the team. I know he doesn't want to play at fullback, Um, And we know that in Arsenal's view, at least, he's not going to be a regular in the midfield. Therefore, if the offer is is sufficient, then you just cash in on him and you take what what comes, um, obviously without being ripped off. But 20 million seems reasonable. 25 would be ideal in my view. But I just think that this is a situation that isn't one we can completely U-turn on. And what I mean by that is Ainsley Maitland-Niles has made it clear he doesn't want to play in certain positions. Um, you know, he, he's made it clear that he he sees his future in midfield. Arsenal simply don't see it that way. And therefore, it's, um, you know, it's pretty clear that this sort of talk of Ainsley Maitland-Niles moving away has very much been driven by his camp. And so the club have had to take their position and, if an offer comes in, I'm sure they will consider it, given the whole sort of scenario. Um, but yeah, 25 million seems about right. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with this comment from Gosmaz in Cyprus. He says, I agree with you. I see his price at around 25 million pounds. He hasn't played enough games to demand a higher fee. Agreed. Um, you, you simply cannot ask for more than that, I believe, for a player who not only has he not necessarily been a regular in your side, but he hasn't been anywhere else previously to prove his worth as such to say, it's just not worked out at Arsenal. You know, he is a talented boy. He is someone who's very calm, very composed. um, And I think has a a decent future ahead of him. But for me, 25 million is around about the benchmark. Look, if it means uh, Arsenal have to settle for a deal of around 20 million and and a few uh, million in add-ons, then we take that, we move 
and we use the money elsewhere. And obviously, it looks like we're about to complete the signing of Gabriel Magales from Leo uh, from Lille, sorry, and that would essentially fund the majority of that deal, wouldn't it? So it's got to be seen as good business. You've also got to take into account that Hector Bellerin is still at the club. Cedric Suarez is at the club. In Mikel Arteta's mind, he probably feels like Callum Chambers could fill in that right back if necessary, as can Shkodran Mustafi. And therefore, it's worth losing Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, you know, in order to fund the transfer to, to address another area of the pitch. Right, before we move on to the next uh, transfer story from today, let's go through some of your live comments coming through. Uh, over 100 of you watching us live at the moment on uh, YouTube, uh, or sorry, on the various platforms. If you haven't already, please, please do smash that like button. I always say um, that is so, so important. So please, please do that. Um, I hate to bang on about it, but it really does uh, help the channel. We're on 43 likes at the moment. Let's get it up to 50 uh, first, and then we'll try and aim for 100, hopefully uh, a little bit later on in the stream. Let's, uh, as I said, let's go through some of your comments um, and some of your questions. Uh, Ogochukwu says, what's the latest updates on party and why? Are we still going for Partey? Now, we discussed Thomas Partey on yesterday's transfer stream, and I was joined on our second stream by Jonas Yeva, who is a Spanish football reporter based in Oslo in Norway. Really, really big player in the Spanish football game, uh, regular TV pundit um, in his home country. And he uh, expressed the fact that, in his view, Arsenal should be pulling out all the stops to bring in Thomas Partey. He was full of praise for the player, really, really rates him and says that 50 million euros, which is rumoured to be Thomas Partey's release clause, would be an absolute steal for a player of that quality. But it feels like Arsenal simply do not have the money. The Gunners simply cannot afford at this moment in time to pay 50 million euros up front for for Atletico's Thomas Partey. And at the moment, the Madrid-based club are not willing to do any other deal. They're not, they've made that abundantly clear. If we want Thomas Partey, we know exactly what we have to do. And that is to trigger his 50 million euro release clause. And that way uh, they will be unable to even consider rejecting the bid. The bid would have to automatically be accepted. It's contractually, um, it's, it's part of his contractual agreement, sorry. It's written in black and white and it's a legal contract and therefore they would have to let us talk to the player. So Arsenal know very much what they need to do. Can they raise the funds from other sales in order to do this? I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But, I, 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 you know, there were reports coming out of Spain yesterday that Arsenal's interest uh, has called in Thomas Partey and that is because of this sort of stumbling point with regards to the price and what Atletico are demanding. However, given that we've heard for so long that he is Arsenal's priority transfer target this summer, I simply cannot see them giving up hope that easily. I think they will pursue this a little bit longer and hopefully maybe uh, somewhere along the line, something will change and we'll be able to get that deal done. Um... Harry Haran asks, don't English players have a minimum transfer market price of 50 million pounds? Why is Ainsley going for 20, 25 million? Yeah, look, um, there is always this English premium, isn't there, on, on players when they're sold between English clubs, which I've always said is, is, is ridiculous, to be quite frank. Um, your value shouldn't be dictated by where you were born. It should be based solely on your footballing ability. And just because other people have overpaid for English players in the past. It doesn't mean that we can demand people overpay uh, for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. You know, we've got to be realistic. Would you rather take 20 million than not be able to strengthen the squad? I think you you probably would. And clearly he's not somebody who's going to play every single week under Mikel Arteta. Um, well, he hasn't done up until now. So we can make that judgment, I guess. Um, yes, he's impressed in some recent performances in the FA Cup, but... Mikel Arteta probably sees other areas as priorities and, you know, 20, 25 million, I think is a reasonable price for someone who has not been a regular, has not really established himself in any one position. And uh, for someone whose season overall, in my opinion, has been very hit and miss. Um, What else have we got here? Um, 
Mohamed says, how can Arsenal move on players like Kalasinac, Mustafi, Chambers, Holding, Socrates, Elneny, Ozil? Because they're all on high wages and nobody wants them. Yeah, look, the wages are a massive, massive problem. And this is what happens when you, uh, you know, we've spoken about Arsenal maybe not wanting to spend or, or not being able to spend what some of the other big players have in recent seasons in the transfer market. But ultimately, we are talking about Arsenal not doing that in terms of transfer fees, but in terms of wages, Arsenal pay as well as anybody. And um, you're right, there are a number of players, some of which you've mentioned there, who are probably earning a lot more than they should be at the moment. But the problem is that those contracts are done now and and we can't go back and change them. And so we find ourselves in a situation where we're going to have to accept some losses on some players. Um, you know, somebody like Socrates, for example, if he does join Napoli, as is being rumoured, is he going to earn what he's earning at Arsenal? No. Is Mustafi, if he joins Napoli, going to earn what he's earning at Arsenal? No. Say Kalasinac, he's on around about £7 million a year at the Emirates Stadium at the moment. And Schalke are rumoured to be interested, as are another club, which we're going to come on and talk about in a few minutes' time. But those players are going to have to really be cast out in the cold and really have it made abundantly clear to them that they're not part of the plans, but even then they're well within their rights to stay and run down their contracts and earn the incredible money that they're on at the moment. It's, it's, it's such a tough situation, but it, it's a consequence of uh, bad management in the past. We can't do anything about it now. No point crying over spilt milk. Um, I, I do think we'll move on at least two or three of those players this summer, I think Mikel Arteta will force the issue in order to create space and wage budget uh, for some of the other players within his, his sort of sites this summer. But yeah, it's going to be increasingly difficult. We're going to have to take losses. And if they are going to get the wages that they're going to get or something close to that, that will ultimately persuade them to go, then we need to accept that in terms of the transfer fees, we're probably going to get under market value for some of these guys. Um Let's see what else we've got here. Um, Haji says, uh, we fans are against selling Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's a top-class player and his worth is £40 million. I think that's a little bit excessive. Um, but I get why people are saying that he should be worth that sort of sum, having seen some of the other sort of uh, transfers that have, have been going through in recent years. Um, what else have we got here? Stan the man. He says, I've always said that if Elneny is only 70% of most of our midfielders, he will give the full 70% every time. Unlike some of our other better paid players. Yeah. Li listen, I don't think there's ever been any question about, uh, Elneny's commitment about the, the, the effort that he's put in when he has played for Arsenal. I think there were questions about his, his, quality in terms of can he progress the ball from the midfield no he is someone that can come in and and, and be a body and and provide a bit of a basis for others to go on and play I do think that he does keep things simple which isn't necessarily a bad thing in that position but equally you need to have players that can play balls in between the lines that can add you that creative spark and so Mohamed Elneny you know he may um he may stay at Arsenal and he may be given the opportunity to prove his worth. But I still think we need to be looking at a higher calibre of player uh, in the middle of the park. But I, I, I caveat that with the fact that I do think he can do a job. And I do think he is someone um, who, as you said, and rightly so, will always give you um, 10 out of 10 in terms of effort. Um, Kartik asks, Harry, do you expect us to play the kids in the community? Shield? Um, no, I think it will be a mixture. Um, I think Mikel Arteta has proven that he takes uh, football matches very, very seriously. I think, as I said right at the start of the podcast, that if we were to get another positive result or, or at least give a good account of ourselves against Liverpool again, um, shortly after having done so in the Premier League, shortly after having won the FA Cup, it goes a long way in building the confidence within the squad again and the confidence in what Mikel Arteta is bringing to the table. So I do think he will see it that way and I do think he will um, he will do his best uh, to ensure that Arsenal are competitive in that fixture whilst taking care of his players and his squad in regards to their fitness as well. Um, lots of you commenting in regards to Ainsley Maitland-Niles' value, what you think it should be. Tommy says 20 million sounds okay. Dave says 
20 to 25. Ray Anderson says 25 to 30. Benny says 20. Uh, seems reasonable in the current climate. People keep comparing to the pre-COVID deals. That's a great point. Uh, Matt Beaumont says 50. Um, as I said to a previous comment, I, I do think that is a little bit excessive. But given sort of some of the other deals we've seen done in recent seasons, I can understand why people are, are coming with that, those sort of figures. Um, Winston says we should have put him up for more and expected to be knocked down. Agreed. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying where I would put him up for 25, but if 20 plus some add-on or even 22 was on the table, I'd probably take it uh, just to get the deal done so that we can get the cash in and then we can go out and do the business that we need to do. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, bloody hell, I've, hit, I've skipped past a load of comments. Let me just scroll back. Hate it when that happens. Hate it when that happens. Uh, Inti Yanan says, heard rumours linking Aubameyang to Barcelona. I, I f- firmly believe that Aubameyang has uh, agreed a contract extension at the Emirates Stadium and the announcement is imminent. It will be coming in the next few days, is my prediction, um, at least within the week. And look, the rumours are going to be natural now that Lionel Messi has kicked up a bit of a stink and has has sort of voiced his opinion uh, on what's going on at Barcelona and the fact that he wants to leave now. We did discuss this on last night's stream. If you haven't checked it out, uh, we did an episode of The Social Club with Jonas Yeva, Spanish football expert, and he is very much of the same opinion as me that actually this is a massive power play from Lionel Messi. And maybe um, if the changes that he is sort of pushing for do happen, uh, perhaps he won't be leaving Barcelona after all. So uh, that one has still got a lot to sort of there's a lot to play out in that Leo Messi scenario so I wouldn't be uh, getting ahead of yourself on that one just yet um what else have we got um Cassirier says if Maguire can be taken at a whopping 80 million with his unconvincing talent why not the versatile one and only Ainsley Maitland-Niles come on dude um yeah the versatility is is key, of course. Um, before we continue to go through your questions and comments, by the way, keep them coming. Really, really appreciate it. Smash the like button if you haven't already. Hit subscribe if you haven't already, because as I said right at the top of the stream, we're just uh, a few subscribers away from hitting 6,000 on YouTube. That's not including all the wonderful people that listen to us via audio as well. So uh, the channel is growing and uh, it's all thanks to you guys. So keep the support coming um, and keep smashing those like buttons and the subscribe buttons and the share buttons and all of that stuff. Uh, You know the drill by now. Right. The other big story that we wanted to discuss today, it's not really a, well, it's not new, Um, you know, linking Sarah Kolasinac away with a move to Arsenal. I think, uh, many people have spoken about that, even in the build-up to the transfer window, that he is someone that could be moving on, that maybe should be moving on. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he is the subject of interest from Schalke in Germany, of course, his former club. But it's very clear that they are unable uh, to to support him in terms of his wages. They want to take him on loan. But there's around about a £5 million difference a year in what Schalke are allowing uh, their manager to spend on new recruits in terms of wages in comparison to what he's earning at the Emirates Stadium. So it doesn't look like that deal is going to happen. Uh, but Roma have emerged as another club, uh, perhaps interested in signing Sead Kalasinac this summer. Uh, the Serie A club um, are considering a move from him for him. Uh, Kolarov is, of course, someone that they currently have who's... Uh, aging um, and he's someone that they're probably looking to replace. And if they can get, say, Kalasinac in a cut price deal, uh, I think they're looking at around about 10 uh, to 12 million euros. That's what Roma are hoping to pay. But it remains to be seen whether Arsenal will agree uh, with that fee, whether they think that that fee is reasonable and whether a deal will take place or not. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. But there is interest in Ser Kalasinac from Roma. What would you value Ser Kalasinac at? Let us know in the comments. Is he someone that you'd keep? Would you keep him if Ainsley Maitland-Niles is sold? Because then it means we're, you know, we're potentially losing another player who can cover in a wing-back position. Um, do you see Kalasinac now as a left-sided centre-back? Or has the signing of Gabriel killed that for you? Let me know your thoughts on Ser Kalasinac in general. Um, really, really be interested to hear those. Uh, and uh, let's return back to the comments and uh, we'll keep um, 
keep plowing through your questions and your thoughts. Quick reminder as well, uh, if you haven't already, you can become a patron of the Chronicles of Aguna. If you are an existing patron, keep an eye on your inbox this week, uh, your patron inbox, that is, because I will be reaching out to all of you guys. Uh, and for those of you who have qualified for your uh, three-month membership, your three-month anniversary in which you receive a free gift, I'll be contacting you guys for some information as well so that I can get those sent out to you in the next two or three weeks. So please, um, yeah, keep an eye on that and uh, give me a reply when I uh, come out to you requesting some information. But as I said, if you haven't already become a patron, you can do so by visiting the link below patreon.com forward slash the chronicles of aguna you can sign up from just three pounds a month and you'll receive access to exclusive content when the football kicks off again um and of course you will get your free gift after three months um and your support is greatly appreciated it's allowed us to do uh, a number of things and make a number of improvements like this brand new studio that we have um so yeah uh thank you for your continued support um Let's see what we've got here. Uh, Ronnie Yadav says, we should give Kolasinac for free to free up his wages. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a bit, again, it comes back to that, that point, doesn't it? In an ideal world, you'd like to move these players on, but they're within their rights to, to stay. They're within their rights to remain at the club and make it very difficult um, for you to move them on because they know that they're going to be getting less money elsewhere. And let's face it, who wants to go to work and be told that they're going to earn less money moving forward? Um, Rahul says, we will be very sad to see Chelsea getting Ziyech, Werner, Chilwell, Havertz, Silva and strengthening their squad. If Man United gets some players, then I don't see us getting top four. Yeah, look, the, the strengthening that Chelsea appear to be doing is a, is a concern. Um, there's no question about that. They continue uh, to break the bank. It was always going to happen um, after that transfer ban was lifted. Um, you always had that feeling that they were going to go a little bit nuts, that they were going to go a little bit stir crazy and go out there and splash out as much cash as they could. And it looks like they're getting a really, really uh, good bunch of players coming in through the door. Call me um, a little bit harsh, but I still think that Frank Lampard has a lot to prove. And I don't even know if he will be in there for the remainder of next season. What these transfers do is they pile up the pressure on Frank Lampard. Someone who came in was relatively inexperienced and was almost given a free pass by the Chelsea fans, A, because of who he is and B, because there was no, no ability to go out there and bring players in. So it was almost like, well, this is a free hit for Frank Lampard. And to his credit, he did well. He got them in the Champions League, which was, um, of course, the priority, which he did. Um, but he did that because I feel like Arsenal Spurs um, were, were really poor this season because Leicester, quite frankly, fucking bottled it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that now that Abramovich has decided he's going to put his hands in his pocket again and he's going to start, I guess re uh you know what's the word I, I guess he's interested again in Chelsea now isn't he therefore he's going to want to see results and if those results don't come and I still believe that Frank Lampard is somebody who is a little bit naive as a coach and I think even Mikel Arteta has managed to outdo him um as have others um and when I say even Mikel Arteta I mean someone as inexperienced as Mikel Arteta therefore I worry that all this does is put extra pressure on Frank Lampard. I say worry, but I don't really care, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you know, interesting signings, good signings. Of course, you'd rather have those players than not have them. But I, I do think that there is, um, it's not going to be a straightforward of a road for Frank Lampard and Chelsea, as some would have you believe. Uh, Jamie speaks about Chelsea as well. He says, Chilwell to Chelsea is confirmed now, Harry. What are your thoughts on that? Again, Ben Chilwell, Decent enough player. Um, 50 million pounds, though. Sounds fucking crazy to me. It's almost like Manchester City have set this trend of people spending 50 million pounds on fullbacks. I, I just can't get my head around it. Um, but no, Ben Chilwell, 50 million pounds, no, not for me. Um, lots of question marks around his performances. And actually, when you speak to Leicester City fans, they haven't been as impressed with him as the rest of the world seems to be. And that is telling because they are the people, in my opinion, that watch him 
week in, week out. Um, you know, yeah, we catch the odd Leicester City game here and there when they're live on TV, whatever, but I don't go out of my way to pay particular attention to, to Ben Shilwell or Leicester City for that matter. Um, so I just trust their judgment uh, slightly more than mine. If you haven't already, smash the like button. We're on 78 likes. Let's get up to 100. We managed to hit the 50 target out of the park. Let's get up to 100 as well between now and the end of the stream. Um, as I say, really, really important. Um, Sam says, if we can sell Genduzi for 40 million, all we need is about 10 million to then get Oa. Um, Yes, Hussein Oa is someone that Arsenal have been looking at for uh, the entirety of the season, if, if you're to believe the reports. Um, but he's somebody that Leon are looking for around about 50 million pounds for you, right, to point that out. The problem here is that are we going to sell Genduzi for 40 million? Is anyone going to pay that for him? Knowing now that Arsenal are so fucking desperate to get rid of him because of everything that's gone on, um, because of his attitude, maybe they'll have concerns about him as well. Are they going to go and put £40 million necessarily on the table in cash for Matteo Genduzzi? I'm not sure. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Arsenal potentially doing a swap deal um, with Leon that would involve Genduzzi going the other way, but there's so much complications when it comes to a swap deal, does Genduzi want to go? Do Leon want him? How much do Leon value him at? In which case, do they think that, um, in which case, sorry, how much do they ask for on top for Hussein Mawa, who's obviously hot property at the moment, is obviously someone that a lot of clubs have their eyes on. Uh, so it'd be really interesting to see how this develops. I think it's clear that Arsenal want to move Matteo Genduzi on, but given how quiet it's been um, with regards to rumoured interest in him, I do worry that it's not going to be as straightforward as people think. And I also worry that we're not going to get anywhere near that sort of money for him, um, unfortunately. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, Ryan Smith asked about Thomas Partey. I've, I've been through this already, mate, on this stream. But just a, a quick uh, reminder. My understanding is that Arsenal... Uh, are unable to meet the 50 million euro release clause in an upfront payment at this moment in time. It doesn't mean they're not going to go back in for him. And perhaps if sales go as the, uh, sort of the way we want to, perhaps you'll see Arsenal knocking on Thomas Partey's door again. However, there is talk in Spain, as was reported by Jonas Yeva, uh, Spanish football journalist, on yesterday's uh, Social Club episode. He said that there is talk in Madrid of uh, the club offering Thomas Partey a new contract in which the release clause will be upped significantly, which would mean that this 50 million euro release clause might not be there forever. Um, and it might not be there for very long. So if Arsenal are going to do this, they need to do it quickly, in my opinion. Um, what else have we got here? Um, apologies to anyone who's experiencing any issues with the stream. It, it seems to be, my internet, it always seems to bloody go crap at this time of the day, which is really, really frustrating. Um, I have to look at getting a wired connection, I think, for doing things like this. Uh, so I do apologize. Uh, Tony Christensen says, El Nenny equals a big upgrade on Xhaka. I won't go that far. <laughs> um, look, El Nenny, as I said earlier on in the stream, he can do a job. He does the simple things well. Um Nothing flashy about him. Just gets on with his job, hardworking, energetic. But, um, yeah, it's, um, uh, it remains to be seen, doesn't it, whether he's in Arsenal's plans. Let's let's be honest as well. Like, the fact that he's not worked under Mikel Arteta before probably works in his advantage because Mikel Arteta has shown that he's not going to necessarily have preconceptions of people. And you, you never know. Perhaps Mohamed Onneni will will show him that he does have something to offer and maybe Mikel Arteta will decide to keep him, but that all remains to be seen, but he's definitely not an upgrade on Xhaka. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Talking about uh, Lionel Messi, he says, Winston says that is only to get the president to resign. Agreed. Um, really, really agree with that. Uh, Mohammed Iraqi says, read my comments. Sorry, mate. I might have, I've gone through so many comments. If I've missed it, I do apologize. Chuck it in the chat again. Um, as I can't go back now. Um, if I scroll back up, I'll get lost. So just, uh, chuck it in the chat again and I'll come to that. 
Um, what else have we got? Um, what else have we got? Just uh, first to say, please, YouTube says, I will be the first to say it. CS17 played great yesterday. If he keeps this up, I stand corrected. Who's CS? Oh my God, I'm having a moment here. Who is CS17? Who wears the number 17 shirt for Arsenal at the moment? Jesus, I'm having a shot. Cedric Suarez, bloody hell, sorry. Um, yeah, Cedric Suarez, sorry. Had an, an absolute nightmare there. Um, yeah, look, he's someone that Mikel Arteta clearly rates highly, doesn't he? Because he keeps, well, he has spoken about how good he's been um, sort of in previous points in his career. Um, he's spoken about the fact that he's very good and he's very capable in the final third. He was very keen to make that point, Mikel Arteta, when we signed him it was almost as though he was saying that he's better than everybody else in that sort of position um and that he does have more in product in those areas and based on what we've seen he certainly has a good delivery on him he's, he was put on set piece duty yesterday against mk dons which tells you everything about what Mikel arteta thinks about his delivery and his ability to put good quality balls into the penalty area and in other areas of course um so yeah he did play well yesterday but again as i said earlier on in the stream just be careful because this is a friendly against MK Dons. Um, you know, just be wary of that. It's friendly in which we made a load of changes uh, at certain periods in the game, as did they. So just be a little bit wary of that um, and don't get too carried away, I would say. Um, Mohammed asks, would you sell Leno in favour of getting some funds for Thomas Partey? No, I wouldn't. Um, I think you need to have two top quality goalkeepers, particularly when you're going into Europa League campaign and you're going to have as many games as we're going to have next season, I think it's very important that, that we have both. Um, I also still make Leno the number one at Arsenal and therefore I would not sell him um, at this stage. I feel like we're at a point where we're kind of trying to build a team here. We've got a good coach in. I, I really believe that. We've got some positives in our squad, one of which is Bern Leno. So would I sell him? No, I don't, I don't think so, mate. Um, I wouldn't anyway. Um, the Gunners says, Hey Harry, if Ainsley Maitland-Niles is not from the Arsenal Academy, would the fans have the same opinion as they do right now? Or will the fans happily let him go for money? Yeah, I think that plays a part. I think fans are naturally, or fans naturally gravitate towards homegrown players. Um, for me, I kind of look past that. Um, I think I don't really get sort of too caught up on that too hung up on where they've come from I don't really care if they're a competent footballer if they're good enough for the Arsenal if they add something to the squad I don't want to see them go um, but I also am being realistic when I say that look as much as we'd love to keep all of these players and add more that isn't the case is it that isn't the, the situation that Arsenal find themselves in at the minute you know Arsenal are in a very difficult position financially as are a number of clubs at this moment in time and so we've got to be realistic. And if it means we've got to sell in order to strengthen in other areas. And we're talking about Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I assume, as a fullback, because there's no way, in my opinion, he's good enough to play in the midfield. If we're talking about Ainsley Maitland-Niles, the fullback, well, we've got Cedric Suarez, we've got Hector Bellerin, we've got Ser Kolasinac, we've got Kieran Tierney, Bukayo Saka has proven himself competent in that position. Callum Chambers is still uh, going to come back. We've got Mustafi at the moment who can still who can do a job there as well. So, yeah, I just think it's just business and nothing more. It's not personal. But I do agree with, with you when you say that I think people's opinions uh, are skewed by the fact that he is, uh, he is an, uh, an Arsenal Academy boy. Um, right. Guys, we're on 89 likes. Let's get up to 100. Come on, 11 more. There's over 200 of you watching us live at the minute. And I'm delighted to say that we've just hit the 6,000 subscriber mark on YouTube, which is incredible. Thank you so much for your continued support. It is very, very much appreciated. And uh, thank you all uh, so much indeed. So uh, keep Keep subscribing if you haven't, obviously. Uh, keep liking if you haven't, obviously. And uh, we're going to continue to bring you these videos daily, uh, Monday to Friday anyway, um, 
to keep you updated on all the transfer news, get your views and opinions, and of course for me to share mine with you. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Nathan James says, what formation do you think Arteta will adopt for the coming season? Do you think he'll stick with five at the back with the extra defender? <laughs> when he first reverted to it, I wasn't convinced. Um, I thought that this was a short-term fix in order to try and make Arsenal more competitive in the short term. It was something that he was doing in order to try and make us more defensively sound because, quite frankly, he didn't have the centre-backs he wanted. He didn't have the midfield that he wanted necessarily. And so this was his way of, uh, of making up for that. The more I see of it, though, the more I think that there could be something in this and it could be something that he sticks with moving forward. It would be great if we were in a position where we could play like a hybrid, where we could switch between sorry, the two for certain games and switch between the two even in games when necessary. But I also think that one of the things I really, really got onto Unai Emery about during his time as Arsenal boss was the lack of a philosophy and the fact that that really, really hindered us. I really thought it did. Um, and not having a go-to system was a problem. Um, Unai Emery toyed with the back three with the back five whatever you want to call it then he went back to the four then he would play two up front then he'd play one up front you know and and for me that inconsistency and that uncertainty from the head coach just breathed uncertainty in and amongst the entire squad so I think that yeah you'll probably see him play with that formation more often than not at least at the start um, of the uh, the 2020-21 campaign, but it's also dependent on who he gets in. And if he's able to bring in, for example, Thomas Partey, will he then feel like he has a midfield capable of covering a back four, then releasing an extra body further up the pitch? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of my, my gut on that. Um, I think it will be a, a five at the beginning or a three, whatever you want to call it. Um, Stan the Man uh, says, I'd take a chicken and mushroom pot noodle and a packet of pickled onion monster munch for Kalasinac. Uh, Jamie says, I'd sell Kalasinac for two euros, two custard creams, a Mars bar, a carton of rotten milk and a Twix. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, just going through some of your comments. Apologies if I don't read out all of them. We've got so many coming through in a minute. I'm trying to pick out ones from people that maybe I don't see in the chat as often or, or whose comments I feel like I haven't come to um, enough. Uh, Jamie Rowe says, uh, crazy money for Chilwell. Agree. Absolutely. Um, absolutely agree that it is, it is too much uh, money for him. Uh, Robert Adams says, uh, loving the channel, Harry. How highly do you rate Tierney? I rate him very highly. Um, I felt like when he first arrived at Arsenal. Obviously there was a long period of time where he was injured and unable to feature. And then I was a bit like, well, you know, we've got to be patient with him. And then he came in and he looked decent. And then there was another injury setback and, you know, it was a little bit frustrating, but I do think there is a very, very good player in there. It's clear that his attitude is right. It's clear that he's someone who wants to succeed, wants to develop and that he's won a trophy already with Arsenal. Um, also shown, uh, great willingness to help out the side by playing at left centre-back at times, which is not necessarily his favourite position. He is someone who likes to get up and down the flank. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll see him do more of that in the future. But the fact that he's been so versatile has really helped Arsenal through a really difficult period. And ultimately, it's been key in Arsenal winning their 14th FA Cup. So for that, I'll always be grateful to Kieran Tierney. And I've been very, very impressed with not only him as a player, but him as a person as well. And I look forward to seeing him develop further and becoming a real uh, stalwart in this Arsenal team. Um, what else have we got here? Um, a couple of you asking about Lacazette. Um, Birat says, do you think we would sell Laka? And JF says, there's a lot of talk about Laka. Would you cash in to fill in another area or keep? Um, spoke about this, I think, probably a couple of weeks ago now uh, in a lot of detail. I know we've mentioned it on recent streams, but we've spoken about it in a lot of detail uh, of late 
sorry, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, because there were a lot of reports linking him with a, a move to Juventus and that they were really interested in him, that Atletico were interested in him as well. I think I'll say what I said then, and that is pretty much that sometimes you need to keep players because they bring the best out of others. And I do think that him and Aubameyang bring out the best in each other. I do think when Lacazette plays through that centre-forward role, where he drops that bit deeper, where he holds the ball up, it does create a lot of space for Aubameyang, for, sorry, for Aubameyang to come from that left-hand side, where Mikel Arteta clearly feels uh, is a good position for him, and get him behind teams. And that is a consequence of Lacazette's movement, of Lacazette's work rate, that he almost brings defenders out of their positions with him because they're focused on him and he just creates that spacing behind. Alternatively, if you don't follow him, then you're just allowing Arsenal to drop another man back in the midfield to turn and face your goal. And you saw against Spurs uh, at the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium recently what he can do when given the opportunity to fire from the edge of the penalty area. So, yeah, look, I would keep Alexander Lacazette. It would take a mammoth offer um, for me uh, to consider letting him go. When I say a mammoth offer, given our financial situation, if it was 50 million, I'd take it. Um, if that 50 million allowed us to go out and get Thomas Partey, and assuming we've tied a Bamiang down to a new deal, then yeah, I'd probably take it. But it has to be that sort of money for me. It can't be anything less. It can't be a half-hearted uh, attempt to move him on to bring in some money. It's got to be 50 million or nothing. I wouldn't accept anything less than that. Um, but if that offer was on the table and it allowed us to go out and get Partey, as well as, you know, Gabriel, who we're bringing in, uh, and maybe uh, someone else, then you've got to consider it. I think you've got to, got to consider it. And that is no reflection of, of Lacazette, more a reflection of the fact that we would have secured a Bamiang, who, in my opinion, is, is streets ahead of him. Um, Ray Anderson says, 108 likes. Guys, get the likes up to at least 150. Do what the man says. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, Daniel DaCosta says, would you sell Xhaka and Dozy for party. So, uh, Granit Xhaka and Mateo Gendouzi. Um I'd sell Gendouzi for him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't sell Granit Xhaka, and I know this is an unpopular opinion. I get tons of abuse, not just on here, uh, but on, on everything I do, uh, whether that's 90 Minute, whether that's TalkSport, whatever it may be. Uh, it's clear that a lot of people disagree with my views on Granit Xhaka. But like him or loathe him, I do genuinely believe that Granit Xhaka is going to play a huge part for Arsenal again next season. He's vastly improved since Mikel Arteta came in. And therefore, I feel like um, he is somebody who Mikel Arteta sees as very much as part of his plans. And here I'm going to throw this out as well. Um, you know, I know that Aubameyang looks as though he's going to stay but after Aubameyang, despite what happened against Crystal Palace back in November or whenever it was, Granit Xhaka is probably the next best candidate to be the Arsenal captain. That's my view. That's my opinion. I know a lot of people don't like it, but you hear from, from his colleagues, from his teammates, about what a huge influence he is uh, in the dressing room, on the training ground, even on the pitch. So, yeah, look, I, I'd love to see Partey come in. I think Gendouzi's got to go, but Thomas Partey... Uh, sorry, but Granit Xhaka, no, nah, I'm not selling him. Not selling him. But again, I caveat that with you've got to give me the right amount of money. You've got to put the right amount on the table. Everybody has a price, but it's whether anyone will meet that price. That is the, the sort of golden question, isn't it? Um, let's go for a couple more questions. Again, apologies if I miss out some. I'm just trying to pick ones on... Um, ones from people whose comments or questions I haven't read out yet on this stream. Um, Josh Connor says, why have an Arsenal, uh, I guess I suppose to say announced Gabriel or Aubameyang yet. Yeah. I think you, you wrote it later on. Why have an Arsenal announced Gabriel or Aubameyang yet? Deals have supposedly been done for ages. You know what it's like with announcements. They're going to make a video. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Um, Gabriel had the medical. Uh, we know that we know that, there are restrictions in place regarding COVID-19 at the moment, which Arsenal have made very, very clear they're going to follow. They're not going to break any rules, um, which is obviously the right thing. 
And so that you can expect a little bit of a delay in that. But, you know, Mikel Arteta is, is going to face the media ahead of the Community Shield. We're not sure if that is going to be on Thursday or Friday yet. I don't think, uh, in which case, you know that those press conferences are going to be dominated by uh, talk about Aubameyang, talk about Gabriel, talk about other potential tra- transfer targets, maybe. So I expect it to be done at least in the next few days, if I'm honest. I think both deals are done. I, I really do believe that. The noises I'm hearing are that they they are done. Um, but it's just a matter of time. It is just a matter of time. So chill out. Um, I wouldn't worry about that too much just yet. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Dave Atkinson agrees with me. If someone offers 60 million for Laka, then sell. Yeah, 60. Um, 60 is is good money, isn't it? Uh, Zod Sinclair says, I respect Harry, but this is where we disagree. I'd sell, sell Xhaka. Um, yeah, look, I, I know that it's not a popular opinion and I'm cool with that. Um, but again, doesn't it? It, it comes down to what's going to be on the table. If you're talking 60, 70 million, then course you move him on um but uh, is anyone going to put that sort of money on the table no so if we're going to be talking about 30 35 million pound bids now nah, i'd keep him i'd keep him uh what else have we got here um ross morgan says ainsley maitland niles is worth more than 20 pounds he's definitely worth more than 20 pounds mate i assume you meant 20 million pounds wolves are trying to mug us off yeah like i said i i want I'd do a deal at 25. Um, but if Wolves make it clear they're not going to do a deal for 25 and the player wants to go and we need the money to do other business, then, you know, something in the region of 2025, I think, would be acceptable. Um, Air masks, Harry, if you could only choose between Partey or Awa, who would you pick? Um it's a tough one. I think that Oa would give you more in terms of technical ability in your midfield and more in terms of creativity. And we clearly lack that at the moment. But I think that's partly down to the system we've been playing as well. It's a system that's heavily reliant on wing backs creating. It's a system that's heavily reliant on the, the front three sort of providing each other with their own service. But I've seen more of Thomas Partey. So just purely on that reason, I'm going to say Partey because I can't make a stronger case for Hussein Mawar as I could for Thomas Partey. And, and for that reason, I'll, I'll go with the Ghanaian. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Unmesh says, we should probably sell Nelson, then Ainsley Maitland-Niles. What do you think? This is an unpopular opinion, but I'm not really on board the, the Reese Nelson hype train just yet. Um, I know that a lot of people are. And again, it's that whole thing, isn't it, about him coming through the ranks at Arsenal. That makes him a, a star in the making. I've seen flashes from Reese Nelson, but he's yet to convince me that he is good enough to hold down one of those wide positions. Uh, regularly in an Arsenal shirt. I think that Gabriel Martinelli's ahead of him. I think that Bukayo Saka's ahead of him. I think Nicolas Pepe's ahead of him. I think if Aubameyang continues to play on the other side, the chances of Reese Nelson breaking through and making it sort of, and when I say making it, I mean being one of the first names on the team sheet are very unlikely. And yeah, if an offer was to come in, yeah, I'd consider that, certainly. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, big hello to Aaron Corbett. How you doing, mate? Welcome. Uh, big hello to everyone actually in the stream. And of course, to those of you who are listening, um, to us on the audio platforms later on as well. Uh, we really, really appreciate your support as well. Uh, if you fancy coming over and joining us on YouTube too, for the live shows, then why not, uh, why not do so? Aaron asks, who should start in goal for the EPL season? Had a very similar question on yesterday's uh, edition, and I stick by what I said. Burnt Leno, for me, is still Arsenal's number one. Um, Martinez has done brilliantly, and I think it would be very harsh to drop him, given the way he's performed. But I still feel like Burn Leno is still slightly ahead of him um, in Mikel Arteta's mind. I'm going to caveat it with that, because I prefer... Martinez's style. I prefer that type of goalkeeper, the old school goalkeeper that comes and gathers the ball, the old school keeper that doesn't fuck about, no nonsense. 
Um, that is my kind of goalkeeper. But clearly, uh, Bernardino is somebody very much valued at Arsenal Football Club. And I think that uh, Mikel Arteta will probably turn back to Bernardino once he is confident that his fitness levels are where they need to be. Right, we've been running for over an hour now, so we'll just do a couple more bits and pieces before we, we lock off. Uh, Ryan says, loving the channel, mate. Best Arsenal updates. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, appreciate all your kind words. Really, really do. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Just going to pick out a couple more comments before we wrap up. Um let's go here uh still lenny says can arsenal not take a loan from the bank to buy party don't know how easy that is to do or how that works or or whatever um listen it, it is what it is arsenal find themselves in an even more difficult situation given what's going on in the world at the moment. We're not the only ones, I can assure you, that are scrambling around trying to do deals at the lowest possible prices this year. Um, so don't sort of... I'm not saying we shouldn't be disappointed by it and we shouldn't be frustrated by it, but it is something we kind of have to understand a little bit um, because we, we can sit here and we can blab on about it and we can criticise the club and stuff, but... As I just said, we're going to find that this is going to be uh, the situation with a lot of football clubs and where I'm normally sort of one of those guys beating the drum. Where is our money? What are you doing? Why aren't you spending it? Why aren't you investing? I'm a little bit more sympathetic this summer. However, it's the perfect chance with the, the FFP rules being relaxed for the Cronkies to put some money in, to put their money where their mouth is. Fat chance of it happening. But, um, you know, if they've got real ambitions for this football club, then this is the time to show it. Uh, Zod Sinclair says, any news on departures, Harry? At the moment, no. Um, we know that Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been the subject of a bid from Wolves. That's been rejected. £15 million was the initial offer. We expect Wolves to come back uh, with an improved offer. Um, of course, you know, they're never going to start at the highest price, are they? It's just the way negotiations work. Uh, Serkelasinac is being linked with a move to Roma, as we've said earlier on there is interest from Schalke as well but it's uh not known well it is known that they they simply can't afford him um but at the moment yeah not much in the way of, of news um keep an eye on on Lucas Torreira perhaps Socrates as well who are the subject of interest from Italy also and could both uh, be on their way between now and the end of the transfer window but in terms of concrete news there is nothing at this moment in time. You know, there's talk of holding going as well. Leeds interested. Newcastle said to be interested in taking him on loan as well. But yeah, at this moment in time, nothing really concrete in the way of departures. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Sumit asks, do you know anything about Coutinho? As far as I'm aware, Arsenal are not pursuing a deal for Felipe Coutinho this summer. He's not somebody that they are looking to bring in. And uh, yeah, so um, I, I'd, I'd put that one to the side. I, I really don't think that that is happening. Uh, Sam says, just found this channel. Love the content. Do you reckon Saliba and Gabriel will start as a partnership in the Prem? Or will someone like Marie or Louise be next to one of them? Um, I don't expect them to start the season as a pair. Um I think that David Lewis will be a regular fixture in the side. Um, perhaps he'll be asked to play along in the middle of the pair of them. I don't know. Though. It's, a, it's a tough one. Look, you've also got to take into account that, you know, Marie's a left-footed centre-back. Gabriel is a left-footed centre-back. So what happens there? Then you've got Saliba as well. It's a, you know, it's a really difficult one. You've got Mustafi who prior to his injury was, was clearly impressing Mikel Arteta was doing something right Socrates I don't think has got a chance of breaking back into the side Holdings had some games there's just so many options it'll be interesting to see won't it with which uh, Mikel Arteta looks to go with uh, at the uh, the start of the new Premier League campaign which is just a couple of weeks away now just over a couple of weeks away I should say um, so really looking forward to, to getting back to action as much as I love 
talking about transfers and talking about the team and where we can strengthen there's nothing quite like talking about actual bloody football um so yeah i uh, can't wait for the premier league to return of course right um i think that's gonna be it we've done well over an hour today um so a big thank you to everybody who's tuned in um just a quick final reminder before you sign off make sure you smash that like button if you haven't already let's see where we're at actually right now before we do sign off uh 250 of you watching us across the multiple platforms 136 likes Guys, smash that like button. Let's try and get to 150 uh, by the time the outro plays. And uh, that would be very, very much appreciated. Big thank you to everybody who tuned in, everybody who sent a question, uh, wrote a comment. Um, I- I've just realized that I forgot to go to some of your questions on Twitter, which I, I promise I'll pick some of those up uh, to- on tomorrow's stream um, because I keep forgetting to do that. I keep asking you guys, put your comments on your questions, sorry, on Twitter. And then I forget to go through them. It's just cause I get so engrossed in the live chat. Um, but thank you again for your continued support. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon with more. We'll be back tomorrow. In fact, with another transfer update stream, we'll also be looking ahead, of course, to the community shield final, which takes place on Saturday between Liverpool, the Premier League champions and Arsenal, the FA Cup winners. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe.